Welcome, friends. This is episode 554. And today I bring you part two of my interview with an amazing person named Monk. And if you haven't listened to the first part, please do. I published it in episode 550, so just a few episodes back. But I really encourage you to tune into this interview, especially. In this time, right now, we need his message. His message is one of homecoming, of coming back to yourself. And I'm sure we've been doing a lot of this, not just in a literal sense of spending more time at home, but also finding back more to ourselves. I don't know about you, but I've been doing a lot of thinking lately on my lonely walks every morning and every evening. and. In between, I'll share in my future episodes some of my thoughts with you on this time right now and what it might be revealing to us. So today, please enjoy the second portion of my interview with Monk. Homecoming and living in coherence with yourself are my biggest takeaways from this conversation and from the way he lives his life which reflects in all aspects, and he shares that with us. His vegan diet, his exercise routine, his rituals. Aside from meditation, that's the central element of his life. He has other rituals, such as gratitude, a morning and an evening routine. And I think we can take so much away from a person that has already done a lot of the work that many of us still have to do. And right now, is the time we can do this, no matter how unstable this time and insecure this time is for many of us. And it, trust me, it is for me as well. We don't know what's going to happen to our jobs and our lives, but this is the opportunity right now to come home to ourselves. So please enjoy the second portion of this interview. Reach out to me if you have any questions and please look up Monk. There's a great video he has on his website, monketernal.com, and follow him on social media. He's active on Instagram, and I love reading his, his inspirational posts and seeing his physique updates. And I'm starting the second part with a few seconds from the first part that I just wanted to play again because they are so important. So don't forget, listen to episode 550 and then listen to this episode today. Enjoy, my friends. Have a wonderful weekend. And please don't hesitate to reach out, especially right now, if you have questions, if you need help, if you feel alone. You can always reach me on my website, questforyou.com. Much love and talk to you soon. And a lot of times the things that we're most afraid of is where we're supposed to be. Yeah. And it's, we're almost afraid of our own greatness, our own power. So we make excuses not to do it. But once you do it, then the doors just start flying open. Yeah. Wow. I've been podcasting for two and a half years and nobody has discovered me. I don't know if you're looking for or ex expecting a certain result. But just do it. You obviously do it from your heart. Mm -hmm. But don't expect anything after that. Just do it. Like when I did that Facebook Live post, I definitely wasn't expecting anything. Mm -hmm. I was just doing it. I was like, this is going to help somebody. I know it. That's what I want. Right. I really exactly. just want to help somebody. And I know that and I feel that, right? Yeah. But don't expect anything afterwards, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost like one time I was in a bar and this lady was walking asking for change and I seen her way down there. I'm like, oh, great. Okay, here she's going to be up to me eventually, right? And then I said, uh, I'll give her something. But then I checked myself immediately because the, the attitude I had and the energy I had, even though I said I was going to give her something, was wrong. I was going to give her something just to keep her moving. Mm. Not because I really wanted to help this woman. So I, she was still down far asking everybody. So before she got there, I got myself right. Look, if I'm going to give something, I'm going to give it from my heart. Not because I want 
to get this woman out of my face. Mm. And I don't expect anything back from this person. When you stop expecting anything back from anybody, then things come. Your intentions have to be true, mm -hmm. right? Everything that you do. So if you do a podcast like this and you go, I don't care what I get out of this. I'm not expecting anything. And things start happening. Mm -hmm. You'll be surprised when you don't expect it. I have a certain expectation because I think when we have expectations, we try to, the energy we have shifts and we want, we get needy. And just, I don't know if you've ever been in a relationship with a needy person, it almost pushes them away. Mm -hmm. I put, you, you push away mm -hmm. because this person is trying to grasp too much. Where if a person just goes, okay, I'll do what I do and you do, then you want to be around that person. So I know you want this to be successful and it is already, at two, or you wouldn't be still doing it, right? But I know you want it to be super successful, but don't worry about that, mm -hmm. right? Just carry yourself a certain way give without wanting to receive and then that happens and it'll happen for you that's what i needed to hear mm -hmm. <laughs> see i say i don't expect but i think inside whether we call it hope or expectation mm -hmm. you know we always have a little bit of an attachment to an outcome right right we want to see something happen mm -hmm. but you can't as long as you this is all you can do prepare mm -hmm. right get your do your work and then once you do it you got to let it fly mm -hmm. and that's just let it go Just like when I tell my daughter when she's competing, put it like, well, it hasn't happened yet, but she eventually will take a, for two years that she's been doing this, she's never lost, her and her partner. And they've leveled up every time to the national team. Her first international competition was the one I was telling you about, and they still won that. So I keep telling her, when you lose, make sure that you lose a certain way, right? All you can do is the best you can do, and then you have no control over the outcome. The judging, they might judge hard on you mm -hmm. they might not like you right. for whatever reason right. right don't worry worried about that just know that you did what you best you can do before this before you went up and did your thing don't expect the outcome when you expect a first place and you get second it almost takes everything away from the whole experience right so you say i want to get first so bad and you get a second and i've been guilty of this too it almost makes you like sad or angry or I deserve better than that you're ruining the whole experience mm -hmm. right but when you go okay I got second this time what can I do now your focus is shifting what can I do to get better next time instead of sitting in your own muddling around in the mud and not going okay what can I do to get better you're just feeling sorry for yourself so you're competing right now, right? Or you're yeah, getting I, ready well, to compete? Yeah, I have one in, um, in April 18th. On April 18th, Seattle. Bodybuilding. Physique. Bodybuilding. Physique. But it's natural. What does that mean? That means we don't use drugs. Good. HGH, steroids. It's not even on my mind, but right, I guess right. a lot of people do that. Well, so in the untested, the big, big guys that you see, yeah. they're using drugs. Mm -hmm. So with the natural federations, we not only can't use them, we get polygraphed before we even get on the stage. And then if we win, they take your, uh, or if you're a pro, I'm a pro, they take your um, urine immediately. They walk in the bathroom with you and take it and they send it for testing. And if there's anything in there, even the over-counter stuff, some over-the-counter stuff we can't take. If there's anything in there, you're banned for seven years. I know this doesn't really match with what we've been talking about. I do want to go back. You mentioned earlier about sometimes you still hit like dark places mm -hmm. and you work through them. Can you give me an example of what is some of the things? Well, I have an understanding now that everything that's happening is not happening to you. It's happening for you. So when you shift your mindset to like when something so-called negative happens and you look for what is this trying to tell me, it shifts everything. Every, I used to play the victim all the time. All the time. If something happens to me, it happened to me. But mm. all the time. My biggest... The biggest thing, that the, the thing I could have really took, uh, been the victim of, that incident in Florida, it could have took me all the way out. But now I know that was my biggest blessing in my whole entire life. This dark, dark, bottom, rock bottom place mm -hmm. was my biggest blessing in my entire life. And if I would have just stayed there and played the victim, I wouldn't be here right now. But something woke me up at, at that time. 
not fully in that moment, but I was on the path to starting to wake up and starting to go towards, you know, the direction I'm going towards now. But even now, sometimes you, I'll get into a place where I might, you know, everything goes in waves. You got your, your, your highs and your lows. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes on the lows, you energetically, you feel very low. And like that dark night of the soul thing, like I was telling you about, I mean, you can feel really, really, really. But something low. triggers that. Really. Something happens when you feel low. Well, it doesn't even have to, no. right? So, you know, people that deal with depression and their life is seemingly pretty good. Like I said, you can have trauma, generational, yeah. generational trauma. For an example, they did a study with these mice and they introduced a smell to them. And then when they introduced, let's just say they introduced lavender smell to them. And they shocked when they introduced the smell over and over. The smell, the shock, the smell, the shock. Six generations later, they would introduce that smell to one of its offspring. And that mouse would jump back, thinking it was going to get shocked. This is epigenetics. This is how one thing is passed down. So you could be dealing with these low Things that you didn't even have nothing to deal with. Mm. This healing process. Mm. And there's really some dark places when it comes to, to, to healing. Right. You're not going to feel good all the time. But if you have the understanding, this is temporary. And this is a part of it. Then you're okay. So meditation is always your go-to. That is how you oh, heal. Man. I became an instructor. I was going to ask you if you teach this to yeah, somebody. Yeah, I became an instructor. It's so important to me. And it doesn't have to be a formal thing. It doesn't stop and, and be with yourself every day. Check in. And that's what meditation is. Just checking in. See where you're at. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Allow things to go. It's almost like a daily purge. And you know, when things build up so much and you're never purging and never purging, you might flip out and just lose control on somebody you love and you don't even know why. It's because the pressure has to be released at some time. The purge has to happen, whether it's through alcohol, drugs, shopping, this, whatever you try, however you're trying to release it, it's going to get released. Mm. Because it's so important to me, it's, it's, it changed my life completely. It got me to see or, or tap into my higher self, universe, God, whatever you want to call it. And people get hung up on these labels too, right? So um, a lot of religious people, if I call it higher self, they'll be like, well, why don't you just call it this? Or why don't you just call it that? Or why is it it's not about you? It's this, it's that, and the other. But uh, have you ever heard of Alan Watts? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Alan Watts says... The, uh, the, the word water doesn't make you wet. It's just pointing to something, right? It's an understanding about what something is. Mm. So you can call it whatever you want. It doesn't change what it is. Mm. And people get hung up on these labels when why don't you just experience without the label whatever this is, this change in your life right now that you're connected to that you thought you weren't before. It's always there. It's always been there, but you're just uncovering it you're like Mm. taking the the blocks away that's all you're doing that's all meditation is doing is removing the blocks to this connection and then when you connect you are able to hear and move in a different way and feel in a different way so it's not about gaining anything meditation is not about it's about healing and removing what's blocking this love that that's what we are so we're connecting to that love and even in religion, they say God is love. It all makes sense now that I'm looking at it from a different perspective about mm-hmm. religion and what they were trying to say. But it got so polluted and lost in translation that it became, you know, so dogmatic that people get stuck on these rules and labels and they don't really find the peace that they're looking for. Right. You know, they're still struggling. And because, again, focused on the outside. Exactly. They're focused on something that's outside of them. Yes. Yeah. And they need to go inside. Right. And then that's what makes all the difference. And meditation will turn your eyes, look inward, look I, inward. It's like, to me, the meditation is like the most basic of things. That's just you and silence and nothing else. Why, or, is it, why has it been around for so many thousands of years? Right. Why has it transformed so many people's lives? Mm-hmm. And, it, and, 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 it, and there's nothing attached to it. Sometimes you can have a spiritual ego, too where you're so spiritual, you're so this, and, and you're just falling in the same boat as, as everybody else with the labels. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? you got to just understand your experience is your experience. You don't have to follow any rules. Spirituality is about your experience. And I think that's where a lot of people get it twisted is other people have spiritual experiences and they write it down and you follow their experiences. Mm-hmm. Every one of our experiences are different. Like everything I'm telling you right now is my experience. 
but you're going to have to experience that for yourself. So my waking up process is going to be different from your waking up The process. journey. I think yes, the journey is exactly. different for everyone. It is. So you got to be able to be flexible with your journey. Just because you say you want to do something like this on a certain order, if something happens, don't mean you have to force, force whatever you said. Move with it. But it starts with you. You have to Always. start with yourself. Always. By tuning inward. Starts, I so believe this. Starts and ends with you. Yes. Everything. Your outside, your inside reality creates your outside reality. Yeah. Period. And I, I, it's one of my speaking engagements. I said, what if your inside self created your outside physical appearance? What would you work on? So what if your inside self, who you were as the person on the inside, created your physical appearance? If it did that, people could really see if you were living from an ugly place mm. or a beautiful place. So what would you focus on? Beauty is an inside job. It trumps your outside looks, right? So have you ever been around somebody that physically when you walked up on them, they weren't that attractive, but the more you stayed around them, the more beautiful they became? Because you started to feel them who they really are, mm -hmm. that inner beauty, and vice versa, right? You can walk up on someone that physically looks good on the outside, and you can't stand to even be around them because of that energy that they're giving off. Yeah, I shared this on my podcast. This is, I've completely also changed my definition around friends. I always thought a friend needs to be someone that is like me, does the things I do, looks similar to me, and I have to get along with that person. And I've completely thrown this out the window, the definition of friends, because I started to realize a friend could be a stranger on a bus that I just, it could be like an 80-year-old woman that can hardly make her way along the bus walkway, but then I have this most amazing conversation with, mm -hmm. and we connect on a totally different level. Mm -hmm. And... I have this dinner group that we meet once a month over meetup. And this is where I met these most interesting people. And they became friends. They came to support me during my speech journey. When I, come, when I go speak somewhere, they come and they support me. And they are more valuable to me than what my so-called real friends are that I just hang I, out. I got to talk about this. Thing. And chill with and yeah. that really don't like support me or don't add any value so, to my life <laughs> li li listen, li listen to this when you start to do that inner work mm. your circle automatically changes your vibration raises and then you have experiences mm -hmm. with different people at the same level as you mm -hmm. not saying better or worse but at the same vibration as you right so if you raise your vibration up you're also you're also going to have new relationships all the people i used to hang around with back in the day they just kind of slipped away <laughs> right Naturally, I didn't have to force a stop. You can't bring darkness into light. It's like you're always going to go to where you're at. And the relationships you're going to uh, cultivate yep. is, is where you're at. So if, you're, if you look around your circle and you don't like what you see, you, you got to check yourself because that's where you are. Right? You are a combination of the people you hang around with. If you look around and you, your friends are backstabbing and trifling and not good people... You got to look in the mirror because this is where you're at. Mm -hmm. So I'm writing another book. It's called, it's going to be called Life on the First Floor. And it's about first floor experiences, right? All the stuff that I used to do. But as you raise your vibration, as you work on yourself, as you start to live from a loving place, all your experiences change. Your circles change. Your life experiences change. The, what you want to do with your life changes. Your ideas about life, everything changes. And as you start to elevate, everything changes. You start to be on this whole other plane floor right so you go from the first floor to the second floor now you're on the second floor now you're on the third floor not saying just everything is eliminated on the other floors right just saying that your vast amount of your experiences are at a very different place from a different place right so now it went from me say from not eating meat to not drinking i don't went up to another floor to me now sharing my gifts we all have gifts As far as sharing this love message, you go up and down. From not even knowing about meditation to being a meditation instructor to all these beautiful different people that come in and out of your life, right? Uh, just like we were talking earlier about the speaking stuff, 
it's like now people come to find you. You don't have to find or look for anybody. Not saying that you don't have to do marketing or whatever, you put it out there, but just let it be out there. When you're ready, these experiences are gonna start coming. I was ready that one time and I stepped through that fearful place and then they just started coming. Before I just got here and I pulled up outside, I got a text from somebody that wants to do a magazine interview. I didn't look for that, I didn't ask for that. It's like they just start coming. Mm. So wherever you're at, the experiences are gonna match wherever you're at. So if you're having a bunch of crazy experiences, it's time for self-evaluation. But the key is, you have to make an effort to get to the second floor. And when you do that, that's when I call it doors will open or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you have to start. Mm-hmm. It starts with you. Yeah, but here's the, here's the issue. And this is why you're, you're so important, right? You're so important because you're putting this message out there. So in order for somebody to change what they do, something has to click. They have to hear something. Something has to resonate with them. That's why it's so important, everybody that you run into. Every single person, you might be that messenger for them. I, I was sitting down there uh, by the BART station the other day, and I was just sitting there, and this guy walks by, and he goes, you always look like you're so in peace. What are you doing? I said, oh, I just try to sit here and just, you know, observe everything. And I'm sitting there on the thing, and he goes, like, what's your deal? And I said, <laughs> I said, I said, uh, you know, you know, I just I used to have a different life, and I just, I'm doing different things now. And a lot of times I just like to go wherever I'm at and just, take everything in, you know, this moment. And I said, you know, I used to live this way and this way, and I could tell that he was living that lifestyle too. And I told him, yeah, you know, I used to be an alcoholic. And he goes, you know, that's what I'm struggling with right now. Wow. And he said, but, you, you know, I seen a lot of stuff when I was growing up. And I seen a lot of things and I shouldn't have seen and I shouldn't have experienced. And I said, I completely understand. Mm. But none of that is happening right now. You know what I'm saying? We live in the past. We live in the present. And that's what gets us messed up in the... I mean, we live in the past and live in the future, and that's what gets us messed up in the present moment. We're, we haven't healed these things. We haven't let them go. Mm. And he goes, oh, man, I need to talk to you. So I gave him my car. So everywhere we go... Got goosebumps just from this story. Wow. Everywhere we go, we, we yeah. are important. Everywhere we go, right? If you cross somebody and you make eye contact, that was on purpose. You got to understand that. That person may just need a smile from you. That's all they need. They may be going through, their mom might have just died. They need something. They need something. If they look at you in your eyes, they need something from you. And when we move like that in life and know that everything is pur- purposeful, there's no coincidences, and every, every eye contact, every, every thing that we experience is on purpose, then you start looking for things, right? You don't just walk through life like, oh, oh, you know, you bump into somebody, that was on purpose. Right? Everything, every single thing, no exceptions is on purpose. And when you realize that, then you want to bring your best self wherever you go and spread that light and bring that light wherever you go. I don't always show up at my best when I'm outside. And I often realize that later. Like in the gym is a good example. I have some friends that are in the gym that know me better. They know who I am. And they will sometimes tell me, you know, you like got this really serious look because I'm going to the gym to work out. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm not going to go to socialize. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't have the time. By being so focused on my own, I lose track of the people around me, and I guess I dish out some looks that people don't like mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I need to be conscious of that. It's not my intention, right? But it's how I show up, and that's what the feedback I give from friends is like. Yeah, you squat rack is taken, so. I can tell on your face you're not right. happy. <laughs> <laughs> you look like you're growling right now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I love that message. For me, what you just said is that that love, need to probably tattoo this on my fingers, needs to shine through. Wants to shine through, but sometimes we're not conscious. Yeah, and none of us are perfect. And, you know, we all have our down moments. Mm-hmm. But the, the key is, and through your meditation, you're going to notice you catch things so much faster. You're aware of them. You're conscious of them. Mm-hmm. Now you have a choice. When you're not conscious, you don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. I used to be mad for days at a time. You know, and there's people that are, that are angry for months and years. And all of a sudden, that's just their personality. They're so unconscious and so unhappy 
They just don't know it. Yep. They're just stuck in whatever this story they got replaying in their head. And, you know, in, in a lot of our stories aren't even the truth. We make our stories fit. Totally. If we want to play the victim, we're going to make our story as, 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 as much victim as we can, right? I only got it worse than you. I had it worse than you. I had it, uh, yep. Whatever it is to justify being in this terrible emotional state, that's what we're going to do. It's almost like we need it because it feels familiar. We were scared to do something different. But like I said, your message is so important from speaking to doing podcasts that all someone needs to do is like, I heard that. And what's going to happen is people, if they're not already, they're going to be contacting you and going, I needed to hear that. Mm. You met me where I was, right? And uh, that, that's that book I have, Love Over Fear. It's going to meet you where you're at. Mm. It doesn't matter where you're at in your journey. It's going to meet you there, mm -hmm. right? And I've read several books like that where it's like it's speaking to you. Yeah. Because you're ready for it. So you're only going to do and experience things that you're ready for, right? So somebody could have stumbled across this and be like, oh, wow, I was ready and I received it. And when you go to speak, people are already in that receiving mode. So you really can affect a lot of people that way because they came there to receive. Yeah. And that's how powerful it is. They're going to come on your podcast because they want to hear and want to receive something from you, some message. Mm -hmm. But same thing out on the street. They're ready too. Mm -hmm. same way it doesn't have to be a platform all the time it's just life in general you know just saying That's something it. kind to somebody yeah. giving someone a compliment that you don't know can change them from killing themselves oh, later on in that day totally you see what i'm saying totally random acts of kindness go so far you know it's like now and i don't do it all the time but someone say do you have quarter and then you just give them like a five dollar bill and that five dollar bill didn't mean much to me mm. but it meant everything to that person that exchange of energy right there could who knows make that person go i, I want to do better i want to get out here i want to heal myself mm -hmm. i don't want to be in this place no more it could be like a smile could tell somebody you know there are nice people out here maybe they're in a really bad place and their home situation they're abused or whatever it's like there are good people out here because people are going to see whatever they want to see i think what you just said is that's the definition of love that's how you give love Or live it. I think the word is live. You live love. And by living that, it becomes contagious. Yeah, I think we need to pass it on. Yeah. People are doing the best they can. And that's what people don't understand. Mm -hmm. Do you think someone wants to be a drunk? Do you think someone wants to be an alcoholic? Do you think someone wants to be a drug addict? Do you think someone wants to be homeless? Do you think someone really wants to abuse their kids? No, they're no. stuck. People are stuck. They are doing the best they can mm -hmm. and once you understand that then you're able to try to help them mm -hmm. when you judge them you're not doing anything it's besides putting a stamp on what they already feel mm -hmm. right if i if i tell someone that's overweight and i'm a trainer i'm like you're fat <laughs> you think that's going to help them <laughs> no it's not it's going to reinforce that belief they have about themselves mm -hmm. that's what's going to do so we need to show everybody we come in contact with that there's a different way mm -hmm. to be of being than than society how they see society right hate is not it love is it right and love with love brings understanding we can't love and that's when when it comes to other beings that have the ability to suffer as well and that's why the veganism thing if you love a dog if you believe that killing a dog is wrong why would you think that other animals deserve the same they feel the same they love their kids All that stuff, right? So if you think as one is wrong, why you why do you think that one is right or okay? Just like when people think about different races, you think it's okay to slaughter the Jewish people in the Holocaust, but it's not okay to whatever, mm. right? You think it's okay to have black slaves because that's what they're here for, but it's but it's not okay if you do it to white people. These are the boxes that we put ourselves in mm. and we treat or not treat people according to these boxes, mm -hmm. right? When we understand love is a vibration, love is an energy, and it crosses all species and all colors and all genders and all sexual orientations, everybody's involved in this, then the boxes go away and you treat everybody the same, whether or not they treat you the same back. Mm. And not saying you're supposed to be a step, get kicked on or stepped on, You can you know your boundaries, but just know that that person is a conditioned being. 
You distance yourself yes, from it. Yes, yes. Yeah. You can distance yourself, but just know that that's mm-hmm. not personal. Mm-hmm. What you think about me has nothing to do with me. Correct. I'm still going to send you the same stuff because think about it. What's the last person an angry person needs? Judgment from us or do they need something to help them? Mm-hmm. So if you want to help yourself and help society, you send them good stuff to maybe they can heal and, and be in a better place. So now we can all be in a better place. Mm-hmm. You don't judge them and say, you know, put them down. That's just going to make it compound the problem. Mm. Wow. I love this. This is a powerful interview. This is going to help a lot of people. I hope so. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Right? We are. We already talked about this. That's what we're here for. So what's and, next for you? What's next for me? Well, I got this competition. You got the My book. book. I got it copywritten. So. Oh, wow. It's already. A, yeah. I'm, I didn't send it to you. No. Okay, I'm gonna send it send to you. Send it to me. And it's a it's a short. It's called Love Over Fear: A Guide to Peace and Purpose. I talk about love, obviously, uh, gratitude, a constructive mindset, consistency, being of service, proactivity, the truth about fear, the truth about failure, and meditation. I talk about all these things. Is it online for sale at no, Amazon? No, not yet. It's just oh. I just got the copyright back, but I'm gonna make an audio book out of it. I'm gonna get print so I can hand it out on my speaking events mm-hmm. and I'm also going to sell it there and I'm thinking about doing a workshop. And where do you speak? Oh, all over. So my next one I think is, um, the next one is in LA, the next one is after that is San Diego and then I think I have one here in the Bay. My wife takes care of all that stuff. Ooh. So she just be like, oh you got something coming up and then I got one in Humboldt coming up too. And, you know, even at the vegan events, sometimes I speak at vegan events, mm-hmm. I don't even mention veganism, really, because that's not my message. Because there's, there's a lot of vegans out there that they just love animals, but they don't love anybody else. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, you could be in the gutter and they don't care, but if there's a dog there, they'd be like, oh. They're angry vegans. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Judgmental, angry, all that, right? I love so that. So I became vegan because of love and right. compassion. Right. So I... I'm not going to judge somebody that's not vegan. It doesn't make any sense. And when I speak about my story, right, I understand that animals are suffering, but I don't understand that people are suffering. You know what I'm saying? I understand that animals are suffering, and I used to eat meat, but it's not acceptable for anybody else that eats meat. Just because you now understand something, that something was wrong and you didn't change it, doesn't mean everybody's at, at that level as far mm. as their lifestyle. And the best thing you can do for them is to give them information, but from a loving place. Show compassion. No judgment. This is something you may not know. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Take mm-hmm. it or leave it, mm-hmm. right? Not like, you are an animal killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like if someone came up to me when I was doing that, I'd have been like, that's what I would have gave them. Hmm. They have one of my fingers in the middle. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, don't come up judging me. Mm-hmm. Just like the, the the religious people that say, you're going to hell. And I'm like, so are you for judging me? Because it says don't judge people. You know what I'm saying? You always get a pushback. Sometimes it might work on some people, but usually if you're forced into something by, you know, you, you're pushed into something by force, eventually you're going to go backwards and, and Yeah, and you've stop. had that experience yeah. with church. Someone forces yeah. you into a situation. You want somebody to be understand it and go okay I, that makes sense to me mm-hmm. and a lot of times it's a process you cut out a little bit of this a little bit of that a little bit, and all of a sudden it clicks like yeah i it, i do feel like it's wrong now i think if you come to the conclusion on your own that's the best way because now you are on it's board your it's your belief yeah so so when like i said three years into my meditation three years right so people can say oh you just stopped eating meat meat Overnight, like from one day you were eating it, one day you weren't. That's true. But the process was three years long. Yeah. It was getting me to that point where I had a deeper understanding that suffering was suffering and it didn't matter if it was done, if an animal was suffering or a human was suffering. Mm. Even though consciously I didn't know why I said that. Mm. Right? Just like everybody gets it with a dog, everybody gets it with a cat, but we will put down China because they eat dogs. Right? We'll put down them. But we will still eat beef, even though there's Hindus that think the cow is sacred. How hypocritical is that? So we're all picking these different animals that we shouldn't harm or hurt, 
when we're when we're eating, you know, you're talking about someone else eating a dog when you're eating like four animals at one time with a bacon double cheeseburger. It's, it's, it doesn't make any sense. It's such a disconnect. It's like you're saying one thing and you get it on some levels and then you don't on others. You know what I'm saying? When you should get it, if that's what you're talking about across the board. If you love animals so much, it, you why are you picking only a couple? You love pets. And if I took, I told, I give everybody this example. Right? Nobody wants to see where their food comes from. Nobody wants to watch the slaughter video. Nobody. And for one, that's telling you it's wrong. Because I can pick an apple. I can watch people picking apples. I can watch people, all the food that I eat, I can watch how it's processed. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to feel any type of way. But people that watch slaughter animals uh, get killed, they don't want to see that. Why is that? That means something's not sitting right with you. Right? So I say... Okay, you're eating bacon right now. First of all, if I had a baby little baby pig and I took him out in public on a leash, that little baby pig would get more attention than any dog. Positive attention. Oh, look at the little pig. You know, everybody be on a little baby pig. They're cute, right? And it's something different. But they would go home and eat that baby pig's cousin later on. So if I were to take this baby pig, because pigs are, you can kill pigs, right? You can eat pigs. You won't get put in jail. You mm. get put in jail if you do it to a dog. Right. But if I was to take a pig, even a slaughter pig from the slaughterhouse, and take him out to a crowd and kill that pig in front of everybody, what kind of reaction would I get? How many people would try to save that pig if I tried to kill it? But at the same time, we'll go home and eat that pig. Powerful. It doesn't make sense. No one wants to see violence. No one wants to see suffering. But we close our eyes. And we partake of it anyways. If there was no demand for it, they wouldn't be doing it. If you didn't buy it, they wouldn't be doing it, right? It's all supply and demand. And that's why they push that narrative so much so you will keep buying it. Mm. It's killing us. It's killing the planet. And it's killing them. And it doesn't make any sense. And I didn't know all this before I stopped eating meat. I learned all this afterwards. The impact, environmental impact, and, you know, how it's all done. And the diseases in the factories that you eat and that's why there's so much you know foodborne disease out there because factories are full of bacteria and animals carry viruses and that's how you know a lot of the epidemics start yeah absolutely absolutely and a lot of it you know with the 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 slaughter if you i feel sorry for the people that really feel like they have to have a job and have you know choose to work at slaughterhouses and the depression rate in slaughterhouses is through the roof and the addiction for them people a lot of times they pick people that are maybe might be illegals here or something and they just have to survive so they take these jobs and it really emotionally uh, affects them I'm not sure i can eat meat after this interview <laughs> <laughs> we just got to be conscious about we got to be conscious about what we take in what do you can i ask you what you eat let me see what i eat yesterday because you are a bodybuilder and so i do intermittent fasting i told you about that mm-hmm. so first thing i usually eat is fruit always eat is fruit because fruit digests differently you get that immediate quick energy and it processes really fast and then i'll go to i always make sure i usually eat avocado toast every day too after the fruit and then i'll go to some type of greens whether it be a kale salad or something like that or i'll go make a sandwich either um i eat sometimes i eat the fake meats but not that much, mm-hmm. but I might eat a peanut butter sandwich for a snack and then go to the gym. And then when I get back, I might eat some beans, rice, nuts and seeds, something like that. Do you eat tofu? Uh, not very much. And then at dinner, I'll, uh, my wife will make a big dinner, whatever she makes. Like we had lentils, rice, some garlic, kale, and sauteed bell peppers. So you and, eat a lot of veggies. Yeah, a lot of fruits and veggies and a lot of raw stuff. And this also affects your vibration, your energy, right? So when you eat this high vibrational food, it, it gives you like almost like a high. It lifts, it makes you light, it makes you... What makes it high vibrational? That it's close to the source? The, the living, just, it's living food. It's called live food. Uh, meat is a low vibrational food okay. just because of what it is. And it's okay. very hard to digest and so on and so forth. And the energy it carries and whatever. But vegetables, fruits and vegetables carry this high energy. And uh, I even know somebody that only eats fruit. Oh, wow. He's a fruitarian. You ever heard of it? No. Only fruit. I mean, me personally, I don't know if I could do that. Mm. Right? I love fruit, but to eat only fruit, that's a big deal. Yeah. So, I mean, we all do the best we can. All I know is that if someone came and said, here's a chicken burrito, it's not going in my mouth. 
anything with dairy, meat, or whatever. I cannot be. Matter of fact, I had like 40 pairs of shoes when I finally realized that I was wearing animal skins. And I didn't want to be a part of that either. And I took them all and I loaded them in the trunk with some bananas and oranges. And I took them down to West Oakland where I used to live. Popped the trunk and I gave all gave it all away. I just don't want any parts of it. I don't want any parts of it. If you say you're going to live a compassionate life, it's not just has, it doesn't just have to do with humans. Who's the guy that said you can, you can tell a person's character by how they treat animals? Well, eating animals is not being part of treating animals any type of kind way. If you can't do it yourself, why would you pay someone else to do it? If I brought a pig in here and said I want a bacon, would you be able to do that? No. Right? You wouldn't. So why? That, that question is always is, well, why, why do you eat it then? Yeah, makes if you, sense. If you feel it's so wrong, if you can't do it yourself, why would you eat it? Why would you pay someone to have to do it? Right? It doesn't make any sense to me. It's that disconnect. It's that disconnect. Like, I, like this is food. These are animals. I don't make that connection. This has to die for me to eat it, I don't, I don't want to think about that. Wow. And people say, oh, yeah, well, they're free-range chickens. So when you, when you, when you kit, cut their throat, they wouldn't feel nothing, huh? <laughs> right? Oh, I'm only laughing because it's so true. They try to make it so socially sense. acceptable. Yeah, of course. This is grass-fed. This is, walks around and just happy. These are happy cows. Mm-hmm. Ain't no such thing as a happy cow that's in part of the industry. Whether it be milk industry or or the beef industry, there's no happy cows. They're a commodity. They're this is, might as well be a, a plastic car or whatever. No one, there's no feelings there. You're just money. It's also that the animals know. Oh, of course. They know what they're. They're sentient beings. They know exactly their of their existence. Their destiny. And yeah. they can make connections to people. Mm-hmm. Like people have pet cows. People have cows when they get home, run up and just give them love. I don't know if you ever seen this beautiful story. This guy had a lion that he was in the wild. He brought in from from the wild because it, it lost its mother or something like that. Mm-hmm. The mother, whatever, it was a lone cub. Mm-hmm. But he raised the cub up. It was a male lion, and he raised it up to was old enough so he can release it back into the wild, and he did. And the the male went and started his own little, uh, you know, what do you call it? A little harem or whatever. Uh-huh. So he, he was surviving, doing well. So the guy goes out to that area where he let him off to see if he could find, see this lion in the wild. The lion ran up and hugged him. The lion jumped on his shoulders and put his arms around this guy and was just so happy. <laughs> this lion had been in the wild, yeah. but made this connection with this man and loved this man so much. And they loved each other that even in the wild and all these other lions are around, came up and just hugged him. Like, I remember you. I remember how you treated me. I remember mm-hmm. our connection. That's how, that's how much of a connection you can make with animals. Other than meditation, do you have any daily routines, practices that you do that are critical for your well-being? Yes. Well, before I started this, I need to know who I am, Germany, I never used to read. And like I said, you change completely as a person. It's like reading was the, the want for more information, for more knowledge. Knowledge seeking started to happen. I never used to read. I probably never read a whole book my whole life until this thing started happening. Mm-hmm. But you actually start to make these connections in your brain. You actually start to become a smarter human being, believe it or not. You start making, making these new connections in your brain, which makes you smarter. So you want more knowledge. So you... I read every single day now. What do you read? All different types of stuff. From like Eckhart Tolle to David Hawkins to even religious books, right? Even books that I may or may not agree with. But just to have a different perspective. And that's another thing that happens. You start to be open just to see things. You you take it for whatever you want out of it, but you can still read it. Is there one specific book you would say what really made so a big what, impact? The book that really made a huge impact for me was a book called Oneness by Rasha. And I've read it like four or five times at least. And usually what I do, my daughter has it now, usually what I do is I give them away. I'll read it once, read it again, mark it up, and give it away. Buy another one, read it once, read it again, mark it up, give it away. So I've given away every one of the oneness books that I've ever had. 
it's one of them books that meet you where you're at. Every person that I gave this book to hit me back. It's speaking to me. I said, it speaks to everybody. Nice. But you will be ready to receive that. You won't read it until you're ready, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. I was ready when someone said, hey, have you ever heard of this one, this book? I was ready at that time, and that's mm -hmm. why he brought it up to me. Yeah, I believe that books come into your life, yeah, they find, just like people. They yeah, find you. They find you. Yeah. yeah, so that book was uh, super powerful. I need to buy another one. Mm. Uh, I'll tell you a funny story about it, though. You want to hear it? Mm -hmm. Well, here it go. I was in the bookstore, and I said, you have this book, Oneness. I can't find it. I looked in the area where it was supposed to be. I couldn't find it. I was there for 15 minutes. Then I went down and asked somebody. I was like, can you help me find this book? This was um, in, in, in Emeryville at the store down, Barnes and Nobles. I said, can you help me find it? So the person comes up with me. We're looking forever. He's like, well, I'm sorry. It's not here. Um, we don't really carry that book that much. It, it was on the upstairs level, and we both walked downstairs. And then I'm just still looking around for stuff. Then I said, you know what? I went back to that person that had tried to help me find it. I said, you know what? I'm going to find that book. And they kind of chuckled and said, good luck. I went up there and found it immediately. Like it was there, right in front of my face. I had looked by myself. I had looked with this dude. And now it's there. <laughs> and I came back and his eyes just kind of got big. I'm like, Shh, I told you. <laughs> and walked out. Now, I don't know if someone brought it up there while we were gone, but it appeared there. It went from not there to there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's a, that's a powerful one. So books, so you're reading? Books. I read. That's what I do every day. I read. I meditate. And now I'm, because I'm making a workshop out of my book, I also read my book. It's only like 34-minute read. It's really short. I read that every day so I can study the things that I've already put down because uh, that came through me, like, literally came through me. Like, I was writing, like, my hand was just moving. I was, just, it was almost like, when have you ever ran and then gotten to a place where, It's not really you running. Your body is just moving. Like, seems like you can do it forever. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what I felt when I was writing. Mm -hmm. I was page after page after page wow. after page. But other than that, I work out about six days a week, so that's something I do almost every day. Do you write, other than for the book, do you write on a regular basis, like journaling or something? I don't journal, and I've thought about doing it. My wife journals. Mm -hmm. And you know what's a trip is, now with social media, and a lot of, a lot of things that I post that come back around, It's almost holding a journal for me. Yeah, yeah. Like you did this two years ago and it, it will be something that I posted about something. I'm like, that's where I was two years ago. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I'll show you an example after uh, we get out because I actually screenshotted one of the things. And I was like, well, okay, I know where I was at two years ago. That's, right. that's crazy. Yeah. So indirectly it's a journal, but I'm not doing it. You know what I mean? But I need to start doing the journaling because I heard it really helps to – to reflect, to go back and say I was in this emotional place or whatever at this time. But maybe you're already doing it through meditation. I think a lot of people journal, yeah. that's their outlet, and that's how they, I don't know. Yeah, but maybe. I don't do it, and I heard it's helpful, yeah. and, uh, and I might get around to doing mm -hmm. it, but neither yet, no. But that's about it as far as having something set into what I do. Mm -hmm. I obviously work, but um, and at night I also go to sleep on a meditation. Mm. And so the m most important thing that I could probably give people that are listening is when you go to sleep and when you get up is the most important part of your day. It sends your day off on whatever trajectory you, you are going to go on. Yeah. So if you get up and you're rushed and you stub your toe and you can't find something and you leave the house like that, this is the direction your day is going. So my recommendation is to get up and just be grateful. Very first thing. Get up and thank whoever you want to thank. God, yourself, your house. Well, think just whatever. Be mm -hmm. grateful for getting up this morning because mm -hmm. it's a gift. Be thankful for that gift. And it's not just about saying it. It's about feeling it. So however long it takes to feel gratitude in your heart in the morning, to have a good feeling, right? To be thankful for everything, your relationships, your, if you have kids, your kids, whatever it takes to get you to that place. Uh, you can even think of an old experience that really brings joy to, your, to you, or, you know, or your grandmama, your nana or something. Mm -hmm. It's something that really brought joy to you, to feel that joy and that gratitude that you have in your heart. Mm -hmm. Go there. Mm -hmm. And then my next recommendation is, after you have that feeling, sit with it in your meditation. Sit with that feeling. 
and then slowly go into your breath and just stay connected that way. When you get up, you will leave in a different place. What kind of breath practice do you do? So I just, first of all, I calm the, the nervous system down. You, I take it just a few deep breaths to get settled. And I always put my hips higher than my legs because any tension in the body creates tension in your mind. So mm. if you're uncomfortable and you have some little lower back thing going on, it's pulling you away from your meditation. And that's unnecessary. If you have a pain already, you sit with it. But to, to have a pain because you're not sitting in a balanced place is unnecessary. Mm -hmm. So when your sit bones are higher than your knees, it brings you to a place of balance. Like a pillow or something. Yeah, yeah. you sit on something and you're, I always sit in like a half lotus. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my legs crossed. When I first started meditating, I didn't know about this. In my lower back, sitting after so long, you start, it starts pulling you away from connecting to your breath. That's what I, and that's what I used to do, yeah. right? I didn't know about, until I went and became a meditation instructor, I didn't know this, because I didn't do any more research once I you know, said, how do you do it? So I would always lean against the couch. But once I sat my butt up, I'm like, I am so balanced now. It makes all the difference in the world. Wow. And you don't have anything contacting you. You're like free. Like you have. I have to try the pillow. You, oh, my goodness. I'll show you when you sit on something after, you know, we're done here. But that morning ritual and then at night, be grateful for your entire day. And your subconscious is always recording. So you want to go to sleep on some positive type of affirmation. As far as your meditation goes, mm. just have that just going as you sleep in that in between sleep and awake state is when you're really starting to download things. So something that's going to be good. Most people fall asleep on the news or something crazy and they wonder why they get up all anxious. You want to go to sleep on something that's going to benefit you. Nice. And positive affirmations. I do have those up sticking around the house, too. Yeah. If ever sometimes you're feeling in a place where you need to have them in your face and see them. Hmm. Just to remind you, it's a great thing too as well. But those are the two things. Going to sleep and waking up are very important to do these certain rituals to get your day going in the right direction. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. But um, anything else, any place you want people to go? Mm. Website, Instagram is where you must... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instagram and then... Uh, your webpage. Yeah, you, I'll give you that information. It's monketernal.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome.